If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. We're world class, Sal. We answer fitness and health questions, and these are asked by our audience. So we pick some questions. And we answer them on this podcast. But the way we open the episode is with a 45-minute introductory portion. This is where we talk about current events. We bring up studies. Uh, we talk about our lives. Sometimes we mention our sponsors. So let me give you the rundown of this whole episode. We start out by talking about black belts in martial arts versus world-class martial artists. There's yeah. a big difference there, which led us to talk about Bruce Lee hmm. and his legendary fight with Wong Jack. Uh, apparently, there was a, yeah. a, an actual fight that happened between the two of them. Um, and One it, was using the Wong methods. Dang, that's pretty good. Am I right? Then we talked about Cracker Jacks. Oh, that's offensive. Did they change the name? Uh, then we talked about Chris D'Elia. Uh, he was a comedian I thought was hilarious. There's news coming out that he might just be a terrible creep, uh, but there's more stuff coming out. He might not. We'll see. Which led us to talk about Epstein, the world's creepiest, oh, most disgusting person. That is a bona fide creep. He didn't kill himself. Then we talk about aliens. Uh, there's probably aliens out there. Some new studies uh, show that the odds are much higher than we thought before, uh, which led us to talk about Magic Spoon cereal. Yeah. Um, it's high-protein, no-sugar cereal that tastes amazing. No joke. Flavors that are either fruity, chocolate, peanut butter, birthday cake. It's cereal like when you were a kid, and it's made with high-quality milk and whey protein. Again, no sugar at all. I'm not joking. A decent serving of the cereal will give you almost 30 grams of high-quality protein with it's no alchemy. sugar. Anyhow, look, Magic Spoon is a company that sponsors us. If you want to get a discount, this is what you got to do. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump. You'll get free shipping. There's a discount automatically applied. By the way, it's 100% happiness guaranteed. If you don't like it, you get a full refund. No questions asked. Then we talk about Adam's ribs. No, not Adam in Genesis, the story of the Bible, but rather <laughs> Adam the Schaefer, the host. He made ribs from ButcherBox. Like reference, though. In a, it wasn't a crockpot. It was a, what was that called? Instapot. 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 The meat fell right off the bone. ButcherBox, by the way, is a company that delivers high-quality meat to your door. Uh, they specialize in grass-fed meats, um, and the prices are amazing. Again, it's delivered to your door. You don't have to go to the grocery store and deal with all that stuff. Right now, they just opened back up. They were totally out for a long time, but now you can get on a short wait list. Here's what you got to do. Go to butcherbox.com forward slash Mind Pump, and you'll be they're welcoming new customers right now. Use the code Mind Pump, um, and you'll get a discount on your order. Uh, and then we got into answering some of the questions. The first question this person notices that their form is breaking down when they're doing high rep exercises, but they don't want to lower weight. What do they do? Do they get better results or do they appease their ego? We answer that question. Hmm. The next one this person says, Look, um, I like HIT training, that's high intensity interval training. Uh, I think they're using the MAPS HIT program at the moment, but they don't want their body to adapt too much to it, so they want to know how to alternate it in with traditional resistance training. The next question, this person says, look, I don't want to cut or bulk. I just want to maintain. How do I do that? And the final question, this person wants to know if we think food stamps should be banned from use on junk food. 
Also, I mentioned HIT before, high intensity interval training. Our special, extremely effective HIT program is called MAPS HIT, and it's 50% off. Huge, huge discount. Now, this program comes with three levels. So you can go novice, intermediate, advanced. It's done with weights, it's not cardio. So it's a weight training based HIT program, which is great. For metabolism, of course, burns lots of calories. You get you don't get the muscle loss associated with lots of cardio. It's a very, very effective calorie-burning program. Of course, the program comes with everything you need to follow it. So exercise demos and blueprints, everything you need. It's like having your own personal trainer on your computer. Here's how you get the discount. Go to mapshit.com. That's M-A-P-S-H-I-I-T.com and use the code Hit 50. That's H I I T five zero, no space for the discount. Do we have a sales call line? Like, can can I do the, uh, like, you know, we have to wait. Like, I'll just like do the music in the music. Back yeah. Hey, hey. You to wait. Like, as you're like, you know, on hold. Did I ever tell you? Do this with your kids, Justin. Saying. They'll love this. You guys ever get uh, telemarketing calls on your phone and you can see it, right? It says, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I do that with my kids. I'll get it and then I'll answer it on speakerphone, and then just have fun. See if my you know make my kids laugh. Yeah, I did that once. Hmm. So I got I answered it hello and they're like hi is uh and I always know because first yeah. off I see the number and no one can say my name is is this Mister Stefano is Sal Stefano here and I'm yeah. like yeah absolutely can you hold for a second they're like yeah. okay. And then I go, mm, 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 mm. and my kids are in the background <laughs> cracking up. <laughs> and then they have a good time. Yeah. Dude, did you see uh, the guy outside yesterday, Adam? <laughs> I did. I saw the story. Oh, I forgot about that guy. I saw the story. I saw you guys getting all fired up. We have No, we have tinted, we have tinted mirror nah. windows or whatever. And so people like to look at themselves in it when they walk by. Yeah. And there was a dude, like full on mask. And everything. Yeah, you had a backpack with like a boombox. <laughs> yeah, and he was like doing some weird stuff. So Justin was just yeah, I was jamming with I'm him. Jamming, you know, like I mean, I felt like he was like mentally like hyping himself up for some something shenanigans. You know that Rachel saves those, right? You guys know that, right? Yeah, they're on the they're on the highlights of the IG story page. So on the IG, the yeah. uh, my, the main one, she mm -hmm. she highlights uh, all the characters that come yeah, by all the ones that we've done. Studio. She's been collecting them. It's pretty funny. I went through actually not that long ago just to see like how many she has, and there's quite a few people that she's caught. That's great. Dancing in front of yeah, the yeah, that guy was a little uh, suspect. I saw a, a woman, and she it was questionable if she was homeless or not, uh, just by the way she appeared, so I don't know. Pretty large. She walked in front of the mirror, and then she looked in the mirror, and she was looking at her teeth, and then she pulled her pants open. So I, she didn't pull them down. She pulled them open. Wow. Put her hand down. Oh. Scratched something. Yee. Pulled her hand back out, and then- Sniffed <laughs> it? Yep. No. Gross. Yes, she did. A check, huh? Just a little quality control. She what? did. She, she did know. a smell. She cares. Yeah. Oh, was like, you know, what did I eat better again? than someone who doesn't care? That's right. That's the most it's disgusting <laughs> thing. When I saw it, it's I was like, like a fish market. Oh, oh. you make it worse, Justin. I, I have to. Too far, bro. It was already. It's <laughs> not. It's <laughs> never too far. I'm gonna call you Doug. Yeah, yeah, I know. Doug, <laughs> Doug is too far. I have to represent Doug yeah. for, for sure. Dude, I was watching this video uh, yesterday on the internet. <clears throat> um, I sound like an old guy when I say that. On the internet. The interwebs. <laughs> on the interwebs. Yeah, I was on social media. And there was this Olympic level black belt in judo. Mm -hmm. And he went against 10 other just normal black belts. Mm -hmm. One after another. And he just 
kicked all their asses. And it reminded me of the difference between world class and like experienced. You know what I was I mean? saying they're, they, they oh, were all other black belt guys, so they're not like a bunch of chumps. No, don't... but it's, it's so. This is what it's like, right? It's like it's like you guys, like you guys, you you like Adam. You play basketball your whole life, right? Right. Mm. You would be a black belt in basketball, but that doesn't mean you're an NBA level, right? Yeah, <laughs> you no, know what no, I'm good analogy. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever done that? Have you ever gone against no world that's, class? We, we've yeah. talked we've talked about that yes. at when Justin worked for me. We we closed down. And I think we've brought this up on the show. I felt like a toddler. We closed it. And the, the irony of this, though, is they weren't even world-class basketball players. They, <laughs> yeah. were, they were world-class football, football players. Yeah. But, yeah. Just, <laughs> but just because that just shows you the, the level difference, the athleticism of them. I mean, we had all of us guys yeah. had played basketball. Not, none of us were NBA or anybody even, you know, Division One college players. But some guys played in college. A lot of us I played. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we all like to with think my, we were pretty awesome. My layups. And we played, uh, you know, five of the 49ers. And, dude, we just got lit. And they weren't even that good, but they were just so on another level athletically, mm-hmm. yeah. that the stuff, that they, the way they could just get up physically, the court they could and just, yeah, rebound the ball, the things that really matter, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they could do Dude, that. they're making the- shots from half court. Yeah. It was <laughs> like, like wee! <laughs> I'm way. like, what is happening? And then, you know, and then you can't stop them, like, run into the paint. Dude, yeah. when I did, when I was doing jiu-jitsu really uh, consistently, there was this guy that came in totally new, had no experience with jiu-jitsu, Big dude. He was like 340-pound, white dude, tall. And I remember when we're doing the warm-ups in jiu-jitsu, they make you do things like you do judo rolls and you do cartwheels and you do all these drills and stuff. And, I, you know, you see a big 340-pound dude and you you don't assume that they can do all this stuff, right? Yeah. This dude was doing one-armed, you know, cartwheels and he didn't know how to do a judo roll, saw one, decided he would try it and did it. And I remember looking at him like, what is going on here? He was a Canadian. He played uh, pro football in Can- in Canada, uh-huh. so he wasn't even NFL. He was just a pro in yeah. Canada. But I couldn't believe how athletic yeah. he was. And then when you would go against him, and jujitsu is very technical, so it's he he didn't know what to do. So he would still get beat by black. But he's so strong and athletic that you knew as soon as he learned a little bit of something, you were oh, in trouble, super dude. dangerous. Yeah. yeah, there's been a few football players that have crossed over into MMA. Like I remember when Herschel Walker was doing it through like Strike Force and just yeah. demolishing people, and he's like, "What was he like fifty something yeah. like, when he got in?" I was like, "Man, it's, yeah. it's just like he's just been athletic his whole life." Yeah. Well, I've, I've gone against world class, uh, you know, jujitsu and judo guys, and I, I only got up to purple. I wasn't even a black belt. I was decent, you know, I was decent in my club, um, but I wasn't world class or anything like that. And I remember going against some of these guys, and it was like they would just touch you, and you you would hurt. Yeah. They were just so exceptionally good. Now, being somebody who's gone through that, now do you feel like you're like at your level, not world class? Because we're not we we all my group, level, yeah. Like your level of guys that within within your community or that are all that are all doing rolling around and stuff. Is there a, is there a clear difference between like purple and black? I mean, is it like that? If if there is if, it as clearing as the what you just explained with the black belt to the world class belt. So I, the the thing about jujitsu that's interesting is that it takes a long time uh, to progress. So it would take you of consistent, good training. I say consistent, like three days a week or more, um, all the time competing. Take you anywhere between three to five years to to get a, a purple belt for most people. Sometimes people take longer. But if you're really good, about three years, the 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 like exceptional exceptional jujitsu guys, 
maybe a little bit faster. Those are the world-class guys, but usually it's around that long. So by the time you're a purple belt, you've been doing it mm. for oh, a long wow. time. Whereas other martial arts, now is, you could get a black belt in that period of time. Okay, so then what's the what's the time frame now to go from, from purple to black? Just to go from purple to black would be like another three, four years. Wow. Yeah, and it goes. This is these are the belts. It goes white, blue, purple, uh, brown, black. There's not very many belts. So it takes a long time to progress. The difference between a, a purple and a black belt is just finesse. A black belt is setting you up three, four moves in advance, whereas a purple belt is kind of forcing their their setups a little bit. Mm. Um, and then there's a big difference between a purple belt who's just got one and one who's had one now, for a while. Now, is there is it is it done so well? Like, is it so accurate? You feel that it's very rare that you see a a, a brown or black belt lose to a purple belt. It's not super rare, but it's 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 not super common either. Um, because it can, of course there's levels, right? So you could be I've beaten black belts as a purple belt, not often, but I have beat them, and usually it was because I was just stronger. So my strength kind of I was able to add that to the mix. Mm-hmm. But usually I would get you know I'd say eight or nine out of ten times a black belt would would take me out. And I would imagine so when you're rolling around like that, you're you're not talking about competitions where you've met black, you'd be backlash because you would be within your weight class, right? Yeah, yeah. And right. that's that's the other thing too about jujitsu is because it's so full contact and you're training. When you progress, even if you don't compete, you you fight. You're fighting all the time. Yeah. So you're you're good. You're you're going to be pretty damn pretty damn good. But the same thing though, the difference between world class and just your regular, I'm good in my club. Whole different, it's Dude, a whole the whole term world class. You know, the my favorite is uh, these entertainment trainers, you know, out there that are like mainstream. That the, when they <laughs> when they announce them, world class trainer, <laughs> they like just got like their one certification yeah. just to you know protect themselves. They're like, no, you fit the part, yeah, yeah, you're world class yeah. now. Yeah, now, in, you know, in, now, ironically, like, fuck. now that's more common the other way. It's rare that you see you meet a world class trainer and they're truly a world class trainer never yeah that nobody calls themselves that like, <laughs> what an asshole yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, i don't say yeah. that creator of urban cowboy hip-hop class you he's know? world class yeah. the, most the, po- ass. the most popular dvd yeah. sales he can industry. build an ass like you've never seen you, you know why because real world-class trainers or whatever i hate that term but for, you know that we're applying it this way but real world-class trainers would be boring because the, you know the, the, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be super exciting. Like I want to lose thirty pounds. What yeah. do I do? Because they've reduced it all to the simple things that actually work. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here's None what we're gonna do. Flashy shit. We're gonna do an assessment first. Yeah. Then we're gonna do some correctional exercise. So for about 20, 30 minutes. He's world class. Yeah. I don't want you to get too sore, right? And then yeah. as, as far as diet, let's worry about that in about a month, and then let's see what happens. Like zero, you know, zero media. Oh my god. <laughs> have, did you guys speaking of like black belts and whatnot and all this stuff? Like so. Uh, have you guys ever seen, um, uh, man, I was trying to remember his name, Wong, Wong Jack, uh, versus Bruce Lee. So no, like, or heard about it, I should say. Uh, I guess like back in the day they had a scrap, uh, because he was like a, a Kung Fu master and, uh, and found out like Bruce Lee was training all these like, you know, white guys and like people that, uh, you know, weren't in the inner circle of martial arts mm. and all this stuff and got, you know, got pissed off and like challenged him, you know, to, to, to a fight. Oh, I know about this. Yeah. I have heard about it. So Wong Jack, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to remember, because I was a huge Bruce Lee fan when I was a kid. He was traditional Chinese Kung Fu. Yes. And Bruce Lee was teaching Kung Fu, but he was teaching his brand, which was very... Uh, like it was Wing not Chung, traditional. Yeah, it, was, it was more Wing Chun, I think. No, it was... Uh, well, he called it Jeet Kune Do. Yeah. Um, but he would integrate boxing. 
He would integrate um, some wrestling moves and just like the dancing that he did with his that, – that he learned, that footwork he learned from boxing. Right. And they didn't like that. Yeah. So there was a challenge and whoever won got to teach or whatever. So there – yeah. So there's some like debate as to like – only because like both camps have different stories, right? So, uh, you know, like it, it's so funny in martial arts, they try to they try to create these legendary figures out of like, you know, the, the one punch, you know, death, you know, move and all this stuff, like five finger death punch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like they're trying to I'm sure they're trying to protect him. But like, uh, I guess he, he whooped his ass. Uh, Who whooped his ass? Uh, 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 Bruce Lee. Oh, uh, whooped his ass. Bruce Lee. And, the, and to, to the point where the guy like basically got up and like kind of like ran away. <laughs> and uh and so like and later on and i guess like bruce lee was like man that wasn't effective enough like his techniques weren't effective enough and it like it promoted him to like go learn more like mm. techniques and then incorporate like more of a uh yes uh, uh I, I, I do remember this. Styles. And I guess this is when he got into fitness because yeah. it exhausted him. He got yeah. too tired. He got, that's exactly right. He, he got, got too tired, tired yeah. so he became a fitness fanatic. You know, uh-huh. he, he um, Bruce Lee would work with uh, bodybuilders of the time to learn bodybuilding techniques, weightlifters, boxers, mm-hmm. to try and learn the different, you know. And he became a, 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 a like a bodybuilding uh, uh, like aficionado. He, re- he loved lifting weights. He trained his forearms like crazy. That was a big body part that he liked to work on. Pretty cool. There's a book called The Tao of Jeet Kune Do. I don't mm. know if you guys have heard of it. Mm-mm. It's like the philosophy of Jeet Kune Do. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool book. I read that. Was this a documentary you're watching? Where did no, you see- this is all, this is an article I read. That uh, it was uh, like, all, you know, some all that's interesting. And so like it kind of went into the, the backstory of all that. That was like this underground fight that like not a, a lot of people were supposed to know about. Uh, and I think it's more, more like saving face because he was like a, a real legit like black belt master, mm. uh, you know, in Kung Fu. So, but he got his ass. Were you guys big fans when you were kids? Oh, yeah. I Bruce Lee was like one of my favorites. Really? I mean, it is, yeah, I was a big fan of you Bruce You weren't Lee. a big fan? No, it, it, I don't think I even got introduced to him until way later. I think I saw Enter the Dragon like, uh, I want to say like after high school even. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I really didn't follow. I, you know, I don't. It just my friends weren't into that. We weren't into it. I was never. I where I grew up, there was ne- there was. I grew up small town, so there wasn't even like a martial arts mm-hmm. studio. So it's like my school that I went to. Like there wasn't kids that were doing that. So it wasn't even a thing that you talked about. Like dude, Bruce you know, sports as Kato. I was always like, what the hell? Like why isn't he the main superhero? Oh. He's whooping everybody's ass for this guy. Oh, you watched the Green Hornet. Green Hornet. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was silly. He was. I was a huge fan. Uh, Enter the Dragon was one of those movies that. That oh, when you're yeah. a kid, completely changed my life. It was so awesome. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah, then a game of death. Was that the one with Chuck Norris in it? Which one was that? Yes, no, that um, the one with Chuck Norris uh, was. Into the uh, Dragons, the one where he like he takes time, he like whoops everybody's ass. Out. Yeah, like yeah. levels of it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, Okay. No, Return of the Dragon, I think, is the one where he fights uh, Chuck Norris. Okay. That's where they where they All right, yeah. present the different fighters. That's where he grabs his chest there and like pulls his <laughs> right of his chest, <laughs> rips it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, change and he was I mean, I thought he was super jacked, right? I mean he was obviously a small dude, but he he would do the lat spread. So in you know, when he would like prepare for his fights, he'd do this big lat spread oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Apparently he he Flex Wheeler was uh what? inspired by Bruce Lee. Oh, become, Flex was inspi- inspired by him. Okay. Yeah, was inspired by him to become uh, a martial artist. I loved reading about him and his training and his philosophies. He was the first, I guess, the original mixed martial artist in the sense that he would I I know he watched uh, Muhammad Ali and learned from his footwork. So if you watch 
some his martial arts films and the way he dances and moves, mm-hmm. he picked that up from boxing. That's not a kung fu, you know, way of moving. Interesting. And in Jeet Kune Do, um, you guys got me going now. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of his hallmark moves was to intercept um, your punches and kicks. So he would do these short kicks and punches to stop a kick or punch from mm. coming towards you. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I, I was into it too, Sal. Don't worry. I know. Yeah. No, it's super cool. No, it, it was cool. I just didn't, I didn't get introduced to it until way later. And, and if, you know, that's, I think, doesn't that matter as a kid? Like, yes. what point in your life does something make an impression on you? Yes. Like, I was our, I was already too cool, you know, with myself by that time to, to, <laughs> yeah. to like fall in love with it. But if I came across that when I was like in sixth grade, yeah. probably when you guys, did right. it probably would have made this huge impression on me? You know, yeah. so. Fist of Fury. That's another good yeah, one. That was a great yeah, one. Yeah. Anyway, did you guys hear that they're changing the name of uh, of Cracker Jacks? <laughs> yes, I did. Dude. <laughs> they're changing the name of everything that, that's right now. Got to be a, a joke. Uncle, yeah. ben, Uncle Ben's rice is getting changed, and Jemima's getting yeah. changed. Quaker yeah. Oats is getting changed. Yeah, so now they're changing Cracker Jacks to Caucasian Jacks. So Caucasian like- <laughs> Jacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah too, too offensive. That is not real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sitting back watching all this, and I'm like, meanwhile, the most stereotypically terrible you know, video game of all time continues to exist, Super Mario Brothers. Oh, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, plumber with Italian a big mustache. Plumbers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what the yeah. hell's going on here? Anyway. I'm like, whatever. I'm, I'm like, whatever about all of it, dude. Yeah. It's like, I, I guess, if you think it's necessary. We're talking you... about Lucky Charms, dude. Yeah. That's that's the worst. That's also terrible. Yeah. Now, I, I, this whole thing's going on. I, did you know the history of Aunt Jemima? I read this. I don't know if this is true. Maybe Doug can look this up. So apparently she was a slave. Yeah. She then was freed. And then uh, I think she was one of the first um, African-American millionaires. And because she sold her company to whoever owns well, she was she wasn't the first wow. because I know the first one of the first yeah I know the first was the the girl that I that they did Netflix did a documentary on oh yeah the really, hair Damn yes it. what's her name madam uh, no, not madam um I know who you're talking about yeah that that was really good did you watch that series I did she's a hero of mine I can't believe I forgot her name yeah that's uh, it, it'll really, come to me it'll come to me but yeah so she was uh, a very successful business person apparently and uh, that's and then she sold her brand if i'm not mistaken maybe Doug wow, again so why would you want to remove her from the brand i think cuz it presents the 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 argument is it presents a stereotype uh, um so that's why they're trying to i yeah. wonder if the family gets a say in that like mm-hmm. I yeah. don't even know if they still make any money off of it, or if they just sold. Oh, they just sold the whole rights of it. Uh-huh. And oh, it is owned by somebody else. Oh, you know what I think so I like did. A Nabisco or no, like that. Pepsi. I think owns it. I think Pepsi owns them and Quaker. I believe. I oh, think that's really? What, I think I read that. Yeah. So you're probably right. It's, but still, I feel like the it's the family's name. Yeah. I would hope that and they the would, history behind it. I would like, hope they would be able to have some say in that, mm-hmm. or at least be able to voice their opinion on that. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess. Well, all of history is being twisted and like changed. Well, history's uh, fucked right up. in front of us. History, Madam C. Jay Walker was the, yes, the other one, by yes, the way. Yes, um, History's fucked up. It just is. Yeah. And I don't care. This is the truth. There's no convenient... Uh, uh, yeah, you can't like just cherry pick. You got to take it all in. Here's the problem. If you go back... So if you believe that humans uh, progress, we progress our idea generally. In some ways, we fuck up. But if you look at the whole continuum of human evolution, um, we tend to progress the way we think. We tend to progress the way we treat people. And treat each other and in, in, in the way we think about things. So you can't if you judge history uh, and use the context of today, you're always gonna find fucked up shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you go ahead, Doug. I was gonna say Aunt Jemima is actually not a real person. Oh, okay. Uh, so the woman uh, that 
was the first model for the brand was a former slave. Mm, okay. So, yeah, I don't think Aunt Jemima ever existed, nor did Aunt Jemima make a lot of money. Oh, geez. <laughs> She's definitely that was totally. She's well, definitely the, well, I, think, I, got, I, got I think we bought, debunked that one. I got trolled <laughs> big time. But what, but what I was going to say is you go back in time, you're going to find a lot of, I mean, you know, children used to work in, in factories and parents used to beat the shit out of the kids and that was the way you raised them and Husbands and wives were crazy. Well, and there's a lot of really bad people that are revered for other things. Yeah, well, that's what you. That's what you. That's what you have to be careful of too, right? I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I and this is a different analogy. We're talking about history, but think of it like even in sports. That's why I always think it's weird when we we just try it. We try and defame and tear somebody down because they're not a great person, but they're fucking. I don't watch people and and idolize people. Because uh, and who they are as their character based off of what they what, whatever they did great in history, whether that was they scored the most three pointers in the yeah. fucking NBA ever. Like, sure, that's awesome. He's awesome to watch at his crap. I don't fucking know how he treats his wife. I don't know how yeah. he talks to his kids. Right. I don't know what his beliefs are. I, I like. I'm not gonna like stand by someone. And if he's a if he's not a bad person, okay, maybe I don't buy his jersey now, and you can voice that. But to like try and tear someone down or destroy something because of that. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just, I can't, I don't get on board. Well, I think human beings, I think if you go in that, and again, there were a lot of terrible, uh, historically speaking, and especially in the context of today, there was a lot of terrible shit. But if you go down that road, um, nobody's safe. There is no historical figure that's safe from that kind of, uh, of scrutiny. Um, and again, I don't even know if any of us are safe. You know, if, if everybody was followed around by a camera, if everybody's text messages and, and, and conversations were recorded. And porn searches. Yeah. And well, what? it's all, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, all, I mean, that would say a lot. It would tell a lot. I think so. I think, I mean, for sure. <laughs> for right. But variety. Yeah. yeah but, you know, I, mean, it's, I think it's you get my point. Life. I mean, look, you know what the human, human nature is that if somebody's good at something, we, t- we like them before it. And then we tend to think that we then like them. Then you just as, elevate them on a pedestal. Well, yeah. look, it's called, it's called the halo effect. Yeah. It's a yeah. true thing. Yeah. Look at Chris, no, Chris uh, D'Elia. Yeah. Look what happened with him. Well, and Chris D'Elia, I loved as a comic. I've seen him twice live. I think he's hilarious. He's then when I hear about this funny. stuff, I almost find myself instinctually wanting to- You want to like, yeah, defend like justify him. Yeah, you anything. Know? But yeah, you don't know all the details. You don't know, you know the character behind these people. Like You just don't know that. So- but that's why, too, like when somebody gets accused of something, I still want, I want to hear all the facts as they roll out. Well, he, and, finally and came, he finally came out, right? He said something in response to it, and the response was that he got catfished. Really? Mm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolds. Yeah. You know, I have yeah. my own bias, dude, against celebrities now. It's starting to become like a terrible bias. Well, here's the, here's, I automatically think celebrities remember are when we terrible gave, people. Remember when we yeah. gave the, the, the video game analogy, you know, of like you, you know, and, and I feel like it, this is how it is in life, right? If you put, if you become the the greatest at anything, or one of the greatest, or world class at anything, the, the amount of dedication, the amount of hours, energy, effort, brain power, thought that goes into becoming this world class, whatever actor, world class athlete, whatever you want to say, it's in. It has to be almost impossible to not give somewhere else. Right. You know, you didn't do a lot of development on your personal character, your communication skills, your relationship skills. Yeah, you're a terrible husband or wife, right? Or you, like, you know, more than likely, you you cared so much about being great at that thing that it you it, you you give a, you give up a little bit in the other areas. I, I think that's almost 
always, right? I think it's yeah. more rare yeah. that you meet somebody who is world class or special at something, and then they're also this amazing fucking yeah. human being. I mean, those are the people that go down in history forever when we talk about, but they're that's so rare. I think it's more common the other way that you someone's great at something, ah, they probably suck at a lot of other things. You well, know? I mean, people are humans are super flawed. There's a lot of bad people that are out there, but like I going back to Chris, you know, Delia, I when I heard about all this stuff. First of all, if it's true, the guy's obviously a, a terrible creep. I mean, if any man talked to my daughter that way in, at the age of 16, um, you know, God forbid I find the guy, right? Right. Um, you're, you're a disgusting human being. But what's weird about it is I find my own psychology get fucked with because I like the guy so much for his comedy. I think he's hilarious. I've watched him, all of his specials. And so I have this, without realizing, I create this mental bias. Yeah, and I think, oh, he's a cool, he's a great guy. I, can't, I would love to hang yeah. out with him. Now you got to check yourself. Yeah, that. he's super cool. Then I read this thing, and I and immediately I want to defend him. Yeah. Immediately I think to myself, like, this can't be true. Yeah, Chris D'Elia's, he's hilarious. Well, well of course of, it could be true. He could be a funny creep. I know. <laughs> you know and there's also, I mean, there's a lot of comics out there that, like, a lot of what gives them, you know, their their humor is just some of their fucked up tendencies. You mm -hmm. know, it's just there's some darkness in there that uh, you know they're trying to, to, to deal with and I, I've just seen that knowing like uh, certain comedians seeing certain things and allegations and things come up with that you know in that in that area but yeah dude it is it's tough because and, I, and I'm sure everybody has that you know everybody has that person that they're just like oh I love that I, and they, they just want to ignore the, all these other things going on well it's not that. even that it's ignored it's you know the book that I'm reading actually gets into this they do a cool little test and they're, they're talking about it for an example of like okay they give you, so the ideas are going to give you four adjectives, but they release two of the first adjectives for you. And then your job is to say what you think about this person as a leader, right? So the first one is, you know, strong and highly intelligent, you know, mm -hmm. would, you know, do you think that person would be a good leader? And your first initial right away, yeah. you guys thought something in your head. Yeah. And then the next two adjectives are corrupt and you know manipulative right and then now do yeah, you still believe that person's a good leader right. now your now your brain all of a sudden changes your opinion on that person because you have two new facts or adjectives about that person yeah. that's what's happening is right now the the only two adjectives you have is funny you know, likable. You know, those right. are the two things that you have of him because that's all the information that you've been presented. It also presents. It also takes those two adjectives and now makes them a, a, like almost like a tools for bad. For example, you said strong and intelligent. Now that I know that the person's corrupt, exactly strong and intelligent to be corrupt. And oh wow, they're corrupt even, and manipulative things. They're going to be even more corrupt, right? Chris D'Elia, right? Would you say funny and likable? Oh, that's great. And he fucking hits on or tries to hook up with underage girls. You right? Oh away. my god, he's using those skills. Yes. to talk to these girls, exactly and now right. it makes him an even worse person. That's more, what's more devious. That's what's yeah. fascinating when you think about how the brain operates and works, and so. You know, you, you can only get so mad at people for thinking that way because that's we evolved to do that. Mm -hmm. you know, our, our brain is doing such high, high levels of math at all times, mm. all times, nonstop. And you you rely on that that first system of the brain to get you through your day. Mm -hmm. If you had to like think logically about every maneuver, everything you say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to move. Exactly, you would never get you would never get take a first well, that's step. That's why it's so easy to just join camps. To, to, to join biases and to join groups of people that think just one way and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, you know, they all think this, so it's got to be the way I think too. No, right? it's it's totally true. One of the reasons why this country, you know, worked so well in the early days when, when literally if you came here, you were an American. There were no, it was so open, right? This is back when, 
you know, when, when people from all over Europe and other countries would just come in and they would just let them in. And you figure different religions, different peoples, you know, Germans, Italians, Jewish, Irish, people think, oh, they're all white. They were very different. Um, you know, remember, Europe had two world wars. So they were not at all the same just because they had the same skin color. How did they all get along? Because they all valued one common thing, which was this concept of liberty, which was yeah. don't bother me. I won't bother you. Pursuit if we want to work happiness. together, if I want to work with you, we can work together. We can agree on these different things. That's why it, it, it kind of worked because you have to have that you have to have that similar one similar thing that you agree on. Yeah. Otherwise, you make lots of assumptions, and then, oh, you know, you run into a lot of uh, you know a lot of different problems. But I don't know, man. So my my assumption now with the celebrities is that they're all, and I'm trying to check it, you know. But as soon as I, I see a celebrity, I automatically think, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You're a, you know you're a cre- did you know that that I didn't know this that sex traffickers how many of them have been getting caught and arrested in recent years. Oh yeah, oh, I, I actually did I see saw it. those stats. I saw the stats on that. In fact, it was I don't remember what what tens else. of thousands. Yeah, yeah. Like they're doing Versus crazy. Before it was in the hundreds, right? It was a hundreds or a thousand a year. Now it's like ten, twenty, thirty thousand. Like they're apparently like there's a massive crackdown going on. There's a huge crackdown. Which is great. Which yeah. makes me. Did you guys the Epstein documentary? Did you guys yeah. watch that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! God. I didn't make it all the way through. It, that's a tough one to just be like, oh, I'm gonna have some popcorn. I'm gonna. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, like, oh my god! Like it's there's some dark shit in there, but. It, 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 what frustrates me is it. I guess they call it like a fluff piece where they just like really target like one individual as like the ultimate evil in this whole operation. And you're just like, no, dude, yeah. where's all these other really powerful people in the world that were strung well, in and involved in this that, shit? Well, that's the part that tripped me out about that documentary was how this fool got the FBI to turn it off. Dude, how yeah. the fuck is that? Like, it's, you know one, it's one thing to corrupt. Like a local police, because maybe you went to high school with them and your buddies, and what? Or you guys were way homies before he became a cop and you became a pedophile, and so then you've worked something out to where you're like, you know, we're boys. You take care of me, and it's local. Yeah. But for shit to, from a local to get up to FBI and FBI to like, no, like, dr- yeah. like, how does that happen? Yeah, that's crazy. Bro, you know how that happens? This is how it happens. You find somebody that wants to be as disgusting as you are. Yeah, that and now they're in on it with you. Yeah. Yep. Now you got something on them. They got something on you, and you protect each other. Yeah. And that's how they did it. Did and he you, killed himself. Have, Get oh, the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's such the stupidest thing ever in my life. Can't, I can't handle myself anymore. Yeah, that's got to be the. That's yeah, right. such. Nobody believes that. <laughs> Why isn't anybody losing their mind over that? You know what I mean? I don't know. Get the fuck out because it's not. Promoted in the media, and well, no, and here's the thing: you want to talk about some real systemic shit. That's some real dude. Talk about for someone like that to get away for that long, FBI to turn a blind eye to him to get murdered in full fucking protection, where he's supposed to be safe as can be, dude. How the fuck is like? Did the- you see that? Yeah. Have you seen the flight logs to his little island? Yeah. Have you seen this? No, oh, dude. Yeah, Bill yeah. Clinton was on that flight on that on a plane to his island. I don't know how many times. I think over a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Several of which were his. He signed off royal his, family members yeah. from overseas. He signed off his uh, secret dude. his secret service to not come. You know. You know that. You know that he actually had a secret service not follow along, which is a big deal for either a president or ex president. Yeah. Is to tell the secret service, no, you stay back. I'm going to go on my own. Something like a dozen or more times. You're right. One of the one of the uh, the royal families, uh, major hedge fund managers, politicians from around the world, 
um, you know, religious leaders. Dude, there it, is a web there. It's disgusting. It's that that's that's what evil is. Dude, that, right. That's what evil looks like. Everybody wants to shy away from that topic, but that is evil right you, there. Right do, you, do you guys think that that maybe there's some something's about to be dropped? I one hundred. All that I one hundred. I think the reason why Trump is so fucking cocky and arrogant. Is because I think that so I watched I just just recently watched um, that old uh, I think 2018 they did a documentary Netflix did and it's totally slighted right it's like it is they made that documentary to make him look like a puke the one thing that I really took from it was holy shit is Donald connected to everybody yeah maybe Mm -hmm. one of the most connected presidents we've ever had as far as knowing people and people have got that of of great power and so my theory is that this motherfucker has got some serious dirt or has some serious shit that he can drop and i think that's what makes him so fucking cocky is because he knows it is he knows he knows that at the end of the day hate me whatever whatever you want to say about me you guys can do everything do all this crazy shit to make me look bad, but when October comes around, Dude, I think it's gonna. I, I don't think know. We're gonna see some what crazy kind, shit come out. So for people who don't know, you know, of course, yeah, election we'll times in November. There's something called an October surprise where they tend to drop some crazy, you know, news or whatever to to swing you know votes one direction or another. That's what mm-hmm. the, that's why there's a name for it. Mm-hmm. With everything that's been going on this whole year. This this surprise how, how can is going to have to be crazy. Yeah, like, what are they going to say, <laughs> uh, dude? Well, that's why I think that. Yeah. Just well, I'll crazy. I'll tell you some crazy stuff. So they have recorded. Maybe this is the October surprise. They have recorded these radio signals from like five hundred you know, billion miles or, or light years away or something like that. These 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 radio signals that seem to be coming from m- maybe life. What? I don't. Yeah, like from from the serious uh, uh, star. So there's a there's a there's a, a repeating rhythm of fast radio bursts emanating from an outknown, excuse me, unknown source outside of our galaxy, 500 million light years away, and it's consistent in the way it's it's repeating itself. They're they, they're really having trouble trying to attach it to a natural phenomena. Dude. So the <laughs> what you, you know what's unfortunate about that? That would have been insano news. Like way back in the day, with, with that movie came out, like signs or, or a yeah. signal, or with Jodie Foster, yeah, remember yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. That was they're so passionate about trying to like find contact. It was con- contact. Well, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> good job, Justin. <laughs> yeah, it just came to me. Well, along those lines, a professor of astrophysicist at the University of Nottingham, uh, his name is Christopher uh, Consolis. Um, he said that, this is his quote, there should be at least a few dozen active civilizations in our galaxy under the assumption that it takes 5 billion years for intelligent life to form on other planets as it did on Earth. So they're looking at it as uh, in terms of evolution, but on a cosmic scale. And they're using a calculation they're, causing the, they're calling the astrobiological Copernican limit. What? So according to this, and, and some scientists are giving this a lot of weight, they're saying, well, according to this, there may be around a dozen, you know, life forms, um, uh, intelligent life forms in our own galaxy. Crazy, <laughs> so mind blowing. Get the fuck Dude, out here. Well, because I know that they had found uh, bacteria uh, on a comet, and they 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 had found that it, it, there's certain strains that can live. Uh, you know, in the vacuum of space, and they can do, they can be just fine. And then once they hit, uh, you know, a planet, it's like 
Now it, the whole process starts over again. Panspermia Pan, or whatever. Panspermia. Well, it, they've already shown that that's a very, well, very likely scenario. Well, think about it this way. What would unite the world uh, right now? Because everybody's so crazy. Aliens. Yeah, like, oh shit, we're all going to yeah, die. attack of aliens. Let's we, all become we friends. We forget about all of our other stuff going <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> let's, let's do this. We and are. Well, it, shell it, fall it, it is uh, Independence Day is around the corner. Oh, oh what a great movie. That was movie a great movie. Yeah, Will Smith <laughs> yeah, killed it yeah, in that movie. Yeah. That movie was awesome. So what's that, what was this talk about, This these new flavors? Of what? Magic Spoon coming I out? ordered immediately. What is it? Immediately. They have they have honey nut, which okay, cool. Peanut butter. Dude, bro. peanut butter. Dude, now we got peanut butter we can mix with chocolate. Oh wow. Oh dude. Oh, wow. Happy days. Dude, it's, you would be that guy to make chocolate milk and peanut butter. <laughs> you I, would totally. I, I am that guy. <laughs> I would be that guy. So, I am that guy. So when you eat this, Adam, when you have a, a serving, how big is a serving? How many uh, grams of protein? Well, I get. I so I don't do like the serving stuff. I'm 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 trying to hit like thirty grams of protein from from a bowl. Of that. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm doing. I think that's like two. That's like two and a half servings or two servings. I think is what will hit that. You have a bowl or yeah, a box. Yeah, let me what. see here. So this this says that three quarters of a cup is the serving that they're using. Right. So I do about two to two and a half of that to to get me up to thirty something grams. Okay. Well, check this out. So three quarters of a cup of Magic Spoon cereal, has which is not enough. Not it's small, right? But that's twelve grams of protein. By the way, this is good protein. This is uh, this is whey protein isolate, milk protein isolate. So it's high quality protein. So that's twelve grams of protein. Eight grams of carbs, uh, zero grams of sugar, six grams of fat. So if you double that, you got 24 grams of protein, 16 grams of carbs, 220 calories would be a, a double serving. And you have, re and if you put milk in it, right? If you use actual milk in it, you've got more protein than that. That's like a bodybuilder, Dude, like dream snack. You see what they're doing though. I mean, they're going through the Rolodex of all the most amazing cereals. And yeah. They're like reproducing. It's like, you know, you had the Honey Nut Cheerios. They went that direction. They got, you know, the peanut butter. I, I can't wait for when they combine it, like the, the Reese's version of it, you know, or something like that. Or oh, like the, the Lucky Charms. Yeah. Are <laughs> yeah. You, have you tried putting on like white bread yet with cereal? And you ever do that when you were a kid? Put cereal on like bread and what? add like. That's weird. Yeah. You never did that? That is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I was a stoner I did, before I, I ever I, had I, I mean, yeah. I did the Lay's, Lay's chips on like turkey bologna type sandwiches. Oh. Yeah. You remember that? I you remember want to hear it? You, put Lay, you oh, didn't yeah. do that? Yeah. 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 You want to hear the grossest sandwich I used to make? That's like poor stuff. So I would get. It is. I feel bad when I make fun of Adam because I, <laughs> I know. I'm like, Adam didn't have a lot. Like I had spam. And then, like, oh, he didn't have a lot except his, his, his parents bought he horses. Had ponies, but, <laughs> but he ate like that's yeah, why, bologna that, sandwiches. That's why they didn't have a lot. Just, <laughs> they bought horses. What are you guys doing? We got no power. I ate Mom. nothing but peanut butter and jelly. Hey, dude, that was my jam. Don't lump me up with their financial decisions, bro. <laughs> I didn't have a lot to say at twelve. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, kids. We're all going to skip lunch yeah. for a couple years, okay? But Don't we got worry horses. About it. We got top ramen and we got horses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I used to make a sandwich. This is gross now. White bread, mayonnaise, American cheese, uh, Lay's potato chips, and spam. You ever have a spam sandwich? <clears throat> no. It's actually pretty disgusting. Good. It's good, uh, but disgusting. Like super salty. Yeah, it's good, but it's. That's like the closest thing to a bologna sandwich, wouldn't Do, you say? Yeah. What the, What is spam? It's just like. Oh, it's just like I don't even know what kind of ham that is, but I feel like it's like ham-ish. You know, like they just smash it. All well, isn't bologna where they like they dice up like it the with cartilage salt. and all? It's like everything, right? Like a hot dog. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, it's like hot dog right. uh, mush. Yeah, you know it's funny though. Nowadays, everybody's like promoting uh, collagen protein so much. That's bologna. Yeah. It's just a bunch of collagen protein. Yeah. What are the ingredients of spam? Let's see here. 
It's a salt, water, modified potato starch, sugar, sodium nitrate. Oh, the first ingredient is pork with ham added. Hold on a second. Wait. What's pork with ham what added? Mean? What's the difference? Yeah, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. That's like having beef with yeah. with cow added. Yeah. <laughs> it's a substance called pork. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to put some ham in there to make you think it's well, still dude, part of it. When I went to Hawaii, I, I'll tell you what's delicious. I'm, I'll stand by this right now. Sp- uh, spam and eggs. Mm. Fucking delicious. Have you guys mm. ever had spam no. and eggs? Yeah. It's hella good. Yeah, it's a big Hawaii thing. It's yeah. hella good. Mm-mm. Speaking of meat. No, speaking of hella good. What? Let me yeah. tell you what I did last night, Doug. What'd you do? So I know Doug is the only one that has the Instapot too, right? Do you guys have the Instapot yet? Uh, what? No. So I still crockpot. So I pulled I over the on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday I pulled uh, ribs out to defrost, and I was going to barbecue. And like Monday got busy, Tuesday got busy. So Katrina uh, tells me she's like, "Hey, we need to cook those ribs." I'm like, "Fuck, I don't have time to to, to smoke them. Those take like four hours." She's like, "You know, I found a really good recipe on Instapot. I'll 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 try it out and see what you think." And I'm like, "Instapot ribs?" I'm like, uh, "I don't know." And that was like all we talked about. And she just did it right, and I came home. Because she oh, don't do what you say. Yeah, right. She's, she don't. Yeah. <laughs> she don't listen. Yeah, right. She's so, good. Good for she, you. Yeah. She does the the ribs in the Instapot. Holy shit, good. Hmm. Not only not only good. I think she was she did it in thirty or forty minutes. So ribs normally take me like four hours to smoke them. What, 30, 40 minutes and it came out like you slow cooked them? Yes. Like, um, oh, she uses the, the liquid smoke uh, in there to so make it taste like that? No, or? you didn't. Have, no, you, you just lather it with uh, your favorite barbecue sauce inside mm. inside the Instapot. That's the, it? And, yes. Oh, wow. And it like sucks in all the juices. I went to pull it out. I grab it and the bone just comes right out of the thing. I mean, it was like fall off the bone, good dude. It was amazing. What kind of ribs? Damn, uh, butcher box. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, oh. amazing. Speaking of which, oh, butcher box has got a wait list. Yeah, they've got a wait list right now because so many people are signing up. Well, we did. Yeah. So I mean, you can get on the wait list. So if you if you sign up for butcher box, get on the wait list. And I'm not sure how long it'll take, uh, but then oh, so worth it though. But then they'll get you your well. Order. So this is what ha- so our audience hasn't really heard us talk about them for a long time. Um, because they they when COVID hit, they exploded and they like more than they ever could have imagined to the point where they had to shut it down and turn people away. Yeah. So they they called up and asked us like, hey, I know we're in contract right now, but we can't even get anybody. We can't even help anybody more right now. Can we do something? And we worked out something to where we can extend their contract and all this stuff. But uh, they are now able to start adding some people from the wait list. And so they said, okay, we can resume back to commercials because we're, we're starting to knock people off the wait list. But so if you've wanted to get a, a butcher box or get in on it, make sure. I tell you what, that has been one of the biggest game changers for me with this whole COVID thing going on. Why everybody was fighting over the meats and it was stressful to go to grocery stores. Yeah. I mean, being able to get my box. And what I used to have, I used to have it every three months because we were still going shopping in our, ourselves. And we just, we cranked it up to once, once a month now. So do I. Yeah. So I literally have to pick I up. Do a two, I do a $200 box and I get all this grass-fed meat and steaks and I do throw oh, some chicken yeah. in there. Their pork. Have you guys done their heritage pork chops? I've done whatever? everything. Oh, you've talked about yeah. that. Dude, yeah, the pork, I'm not a huge fan of pork. I'm not a big fan of pork chops. Uh, uh, Jessica said, why don't you try it? Let's try these out. Throw them in there. Let's see what happens or whatever. Mm. I mean, they're amazing. And it's the her- heritage pork has got a, bit, a different flavor, doesn't it? It's yeah. More yeah. of a... I don't know, like a like a sweet, tender flavor or whatever. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fillet snob too. We we cooked them up uh, two days ago, and I, I my kids like they're, they're starting to eat more like steak and stuff because they, like before that we just get them burgers and things like that. But like uh, you know they're starting to eat steaks and uh, uh, 
Everett was like, oh my God, I want to try that. And I, I was like hesitant because like, you know, filet is a, you know, that's my favorite cut of meat. Yeah. You know, you Wait, you were hesitant that. to have you let your kid eat your food? Well, because there was two of them. <laughs> There's one for me, one for Courtney, and then they were going to get the ribeyes, you know, which some people prefer ribeyes. I get that too, but yeah. I prefer filet. But so I let him have mine and I, you know, and still the, the ribeye was amazing, but you could just see his face. He was like, oh, like he was so stoked that he got like the prime cut. That's what my box is. My box is the the uh, ribeyes, the fillets, the ribs, and chicken, and then the bacon. Yeah. Mm. Those things, like we eat that so because it took me a while to kind of figure. The I haven't com- had the fillet yet. Oh yeah, oh, so it's really good. I, I was trying to find the combination out right because you you get a like a variety box of different things, and there's only so much you can, you can't get a whole box of nothing but chicken or that. You have to you have to spread it all out, right? So it took me a while to figure out what like what's the perfect combination of what meats do we eat on a more regular basis mm-hmm. to justify it being shipped to our house and like that I've we've found that we eat enough bacon yeah. we eat enough fillets we eat enough ribeyes and we eat well, enough ribs I'll that- tell you I'll tell you what and this has been observed by uh, many many strength coaches and and bodybuilders and at, for a long time I don't know if there's really any science or studies to support this I should say but anecdotally um, if you want to increase your strength and muscle growth, red meat is one of the best foods you could consume. And uh, so if you ever want to do an experiment with yourself, and grass-fed is good. Grass-fed is better, right? If you, especially if you need a lot of red meat. If you ever want to do an experiment with yourself, try eating more red meat. Uh, replace some of your other meat with red meat. Eat it on a regular basis. See if you don't notice uh, a benefit in terms of strength. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Logan Tyler V., I'm in the last phase of MAPS aesthetic and I notice my form breaking down in some of the later reps, but I also feel like lowering the weight is not beneficial either. What suggestions do you have to remedy this? Form over everything. Yeah, lower the mm-hmm. weight. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think this is a good question because I know that I remember, I remember being in this predicament and I think for many years, uh, I re- like refused to lower the weight. I was so I wanted to lift totally. more. So you want progression. I want to get more. That I would sacrifice the form a little bit to just be able to keep pushing the same weight, you know. So yeah. or even sort of dr- re- drop reps. I so w- what you'll see in all the programs is the, and there's a reason why this is like we give ranges six to eight, you know, or three to five, or eight to twelve. And the idea, like when you're following a rep range, is I'm trying to I'm trying to fall like right in the middle of that, and the reason why is so it gives me a little bit of a buffer because I know sets three and three and four or two even sometimes is gonna I'm not gonna be as strong as I was on set one or set two, so hopefully that I can stick with about that weight so I no longer have to do if I if I'm if the rep range is six to eight and I'm gauging like for a seven to eight range that gives me oh I might have to do seven on set three and oh on set four I might have to do six or maybe even five like one rep less I give myself that kind of play of like my rep range is six to eight I'll keep the weight as long as I can during that that set those sets even if I can just still do five, five's close enough to my six to eight. But if I if the weight's getting so heavy, I got to drop down to three or two. 
I need, I'm going to reduce my weight. I'm going totally. to I'm going to pull the weight off the bar so I can get closer to the rep range I'm trying to work oh, yeah. in. Although it's important to pay attention to how much you're lifting, just to kind of gauge progress and in, in strength and see how well you're doing, you got to always compare it uh, to the right context. So if 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 I'm going much higher reps, I'm going to use much lighter weight. If I'm going to go deeper in my reps, of course I'm going to be using lighter weight. And and weight is largely arbitrary when it comes to getting your body to respond. Again, you want to pay attention to notice trends, but it's okay to go much lighter. This this really became a big deal for me when I started when I stopped working out in gyms and I started working out in my own studio and then my own garage. I noticed when I'd work out and then I noticed this much later, of course in hindsight, when I'd work out in gyms, it was a bigger deal to me to have the big wheel on the bar or it was a bigger deal for me to use a certain amount of weight. So I would sacrifice form so true. for my ego. Mm-hmm. When I started working out in my studio, you know, this is back when I had my personal training studio, middle of the day, you know, I might have one or two trainers training clients, really don't care if they see me lifting X amount of weight or whatever. I started to slowly not give a shit about how much weight was on the bar mm-hmm. and I started to focus on form. Same thing now that I work in the garage. I grab the dumbbells or I use the weight that allows me to perform good form with the target number of reps. And that's what's going to give you better results because bad form with heavy weight is not as effective as perfect form with lighter weight. So this whole, the second part of this question I feel like lowering the weight is not beneficial either. That is your ego uh, talking because it is beneficial if it makes your form better. I remember when I also pieced together the importance and what a game changer manipulating my tempo was. And when that light bulb mm-hmm. went off for me too, that's my I, my thought process would be. And I, I used to teach clients this. If I hand you a weight and you know, let's say I say we're working 12 to 15 reps and you realize on rep you know, 12 already that this is still pretty easy. You could probably do 20 reps. Like instead of repping out 20 reps or getting even heavier weight, those last three, those last three reps slow your tempo way down. Make it harder. Make it harder. Mm-hmm. You take it, you, if you're doing a cadence, right, through the first eight to 10 reps, and the, the cadence is about the same, like how fast you're moving the bar up and down, right? And then all of a sudden you realize it's still pretty easy for you as you're getting close to that range you're trying to get in. Slow it way down. Mm-hmm. Slow it down to four, five, six seconds on the eccentric portion of the exercise and watch the benefits you get from that. And what's great about that is that because you've slowed that tempo down and you don't have to add weight to that, you're increasing the intensity. That's the signal the body recognizes. It doesn't know that there's 75 or 125 on the bar. It, it takes the perceived stress that it's getting from the body. You can manipulate that, progressively overload that, like the episode we talk about, by manipulating the tempo. Yeah. So just sl- simply slowing down, keeping the lighter weight and slowing the tempo down for the last two reps is a great way to increase the intensity. Yeah, you know, for me, uh, going through hypertrophy-type training, uh, I've always looked at it more as – practicing those movements uh, to make me better going into, you know, when I change it back up to like the one to five rep range where I'm really doing like full force output to try and like move some heavy weight. Uh, So, you you know, some people they'll go through that and try to get a nice pump and like that's, you know, their identity is trying to like lift heavy weights within that range. But I mean, that's never been my thing specifically, but I know the benefit of it. So I I, honestly, I'll take my, my time, my sweet time, you know, like uh, 
lower the weight substantially so that way I'm paying attention to every little compensation that happens along the way. So I'm really just honing and refining and practicing, uh, you know, these movements so I get more effective, more efficient, uh, then going back into my my favorite rep. Yeah, range. I mean, I'll give you an example, right? I could do um, a set of curls with, let's say, 45 or 50-pound dumbbells and I can give myself a good workout. I could give myself a great workout with 20-pound dumbbells. I could do it in the same amount of reps, too. I could slow them down, squeeze, concentrate, make the weight feel heavier. This is a very important skill to learn if you want to train long-term. If you want long-term results and success, you got to learn this because sometimes, many times, it's smarter to go lighter than it is to go heavier. And, of course, Changing and mixing things up always gets the body to respond better because always pushing weight, 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 at some point you're going to hit a limit and what's going to end up happening, you hurt yourself. So this is an important skill to learn. Next question is from Connie Chiwa. Similar to mini cuts, can I alternate short periods of HIT training with more traditional res resistance training sessions to keep my body from adapting to the intensity of HIT over time? How frequently would you rotate hit training through your programming? Yeah, it's a good question, and I know it's popping is that up. Hello, Doug. Konnichiwa. Yeah, yeah. I said it wrong. Then. Sorry. Konnichiwa. Uh, uh, I know this is coming up because we have, uh, you know, Maps hit is is half off, so we're getting a lot of questions around high intensity interval training, and also because high intensity interval training is very popular for uh, fat burn or for calorie burn um, in a twenty five minute hit session or twenty minute hip se hit session. You're going to burn as many calories as you would with a 50-minute you know, traditional resistance training session or hour resistance training session or an hour of, of steady-state cardio. It's just very effective uh, at burning lots of calories, and it's a great fat-burning method of training. So a lot of people are asking questions about this, and they're worried about the adaptation that happens from HIT. You can definitely alternate HIT with traditional strength training. But we, I mean, I tend to make the argument that it's better to stay in one, get good at it, and then move to something else. Now, our program maps hits about six weeks long. I think you can focus on hit training from anywhere between three to six or seven weeks, and then probably a good idea to move out and try another you know, form of training. But let's say you want to do hit all the time. Hmm. Can you throw hit in occasionally um, to get those calorie burning effects. Absolutely. You definitely can. I would not recommend doing hit. It depends on the person, but I wouldn't recommend doing hit more than once or twice a week um, in, in place of other traditional resistance training uh, type, uh, you know, workouts. I, you know, and here's the thing that's cool about this. I don't think there's a, a right or a wrong answer in this situation. Like, you know, the, the key that you just need to remember is that any, any type of type of modality of training, right? Your body eventually gets adapted to it, and you need to move out of it. That's the key. Is like, and the the main people I want to communicate this to are the ones that gravitate to this train. They love this train. I mean, we waited to release a program like this for as long as we did because we know that we know that a lot of people love this short, fast, harder like this, and I sweat more. I feel like, and so they tend clients tend to gravitate towards the circuit training because they feel like it's more beneficial because and and all the research that talks about the fat burning benefits like Sal's talking about. So I, I first want to caution those people. Like if if you love it like that, you know, don't do it longer than about six weeks, phase out of it and completely go into something else. Now, personally, if you have a really good relationship with understanding like we, how you should move in and out of modalities and not stick to a type of training for too long, if you already understand that, 
really well. I personally like to use hit when it's when it's necessary. Meaning, today I have a crazy amount of calls back to back, and there's a window where I have about 45 minutes. Like, and that's like literally from you know us doing something here and then this other call. And so it's like I will definitely can't get a full hour workout to get ready for my workout. It's probably gonna take 10, 15 minutes to do my mobility stuff. Shit, that means I only got about 30 minutes. Great time to do like a hit. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to train, if that's going to be my window of training today, I would adjust like and I, what I should be doing or what I'm scheduled for is in more maps anabolic. That's I'm following a, a routine like that right now. So I should be doing like a full body hour, good hour long routine. I just, I may not do that. If I do that at that time block, I don't have it. So this is a perfect time for me to intermittently throw in a workout from like the HIT program. Mm -hmm. That's how I like to use it personally, but it, it doesn't mean that it's the better way. It just means that that's kind of how I like to use it is it makes sense when I don't always have an hour yeah. or two hour window, you know? It's kind of funny like how it shifted now. Like I, I mean, I used to gravitate towards HIT training quite a bit uh, and mainly in the off season, uh, like going back into to playing sports. But now I look at hit training as like my sport. <laughs> and it's it's mainly because I I enjoy moving my body, you know, ferociously and like being able to still have athleticism. Uh, so I like to throw it in there like probably more frequently now than I did, you know, before that. But Still, I'm still uh, leaning hard on my strength training and then also my mobility practices to reinforce, you know, the the stability of my joints and everything's in check, uh, which is something that you just need to constantly consider that and check in on, you know, the quality of your 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 joints and are you able to to you know support your body in these because this this is more intensity this is more uh, stress that your body's uh you know going to go through like with with the impact of these types of workouts so if you keep that in mind and it's something that you really enjoy there is a way that you can incorporate it more frequently you just have to be able to know how to weave in and out because you will get adapted you will your body will not benefit as, as greatly from it uh, as you would initially next question is from emily powell 79 I'm at a point now where I don't always want to be cutting and bulking. How do I set my calories to maintenance? What's the best way to maintain and how do I know I'm staying on track? Hmm. Well, first off, the what we believe to be maintenance is a little bit of an illusion. Um, your body is always gaining and losing a little bit. And over time, if it evens out, that's what appears to be maintenance. So, and you know, I don't always want to be cutting and bulking. It sounds like you don't want to do the aggressive cut and bulk. But ideally, the best way to maintain is to figure out how many calories you need every day to kind of stay the same and sometimes eat a little more than that and sometimes eat a little less than that. And now the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like that's a healthier approach to nutrition versus saying 2,500 calories is my maintenance. This is what I'm going to eat every single day. Nobody lives that way. Well, not only does nobody live that way, that's impossible. Mm. The metabolism is free flowing. Your metabolism is changing day to day. Mm. You know, like it is never a straight line 2,500 calories. Right. I mean, and in fact, it probably rarely ever hits an exact calorie amount like 2,500. It's always moving up and down based, and stress changes that, sleep changes that, uh, your intensity of your workout changes that. I mean, so many things are going to change how you were eating the last three days versus, you know, all these things are going to keep, are constantly moving and changing the metabolism. So, you know, trying to stick to a number ever, like, and just say that this is my maintenance when it be around there. I mean, I, I, what I consider maintenance is this, like, 
I would consider I'm in maintenance right now. I'm not really tracking my calories. I'm not really tracking my food. Um, I I pay attention to what I'm eating. Like I know, like to me, I know what like not enough protein kind of looks like. What plenty of protein looks like, and so I tend to focus on that since it's an area that's hard for me to hit. And so, okay, I, I'm watching to make sure I get that. And then I'm the the feedback I'm getting on if I'm in a in a, a quote unquote bulk or a cut at the time is if I'm putting on body fat. And I'm like, okay. I'm definitely eating in a surplus right now and oh well, it's okay. I'm probably getting a, a half a percent, a percent. Okay, now it's been 2% body fat I probably put on and I give myself like this, you know, 4 to 5% ability to fluctuate. Like I, I don't care if, if I can stay between a, you know, 12 to 15% body fat range uh, by not having to, to track and weigh all the time. Like to me, that's I'm maintaining. And then if it starts to go too far one way or the other, I just course correct. Mm. And that to, that's what I consider maintenance, but it's not a calorie number that I'm even paying attention to or watching. I'm, a, I'm allowing myself to intuitively eat with knowing that, okay, there's a good chance I might be over consuming because I'm putting on body fat. That's okay. If I put on one or two or 3% body fat, I'm not out of shape or unhealthy. And I know I can re- course correct really quick and go the other direction. Next question is from Forever Strong Cairo. Should food stamps be banned from use on junk food? Well, this is a this is a, actually a, a fair question because hmm. you're already giving people uh, money and telling them that they can only buy one type of thing with it, right? So when you get a food stamp, it literally says it must be used on food. So it's a fair question, but here's why I still don't like it. I don't think... I think if we're going to give people money, it should just be money yeah. to, to spend on, on whatever you want. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, then some people are going to spend it on bad stuff. And this is, again, more attempt at control, right? So, oh, we're going to give you food stamps, but you can only buy it on this kind of food and not that kind of food. And, and you know, g- giving them just money means that they're going to even have more freedom. I like that because, yes, some people are going to spend it <clears throat> poorly, but there are going to be some people that are going to spend it. Well, who knows how they'll yeah. spend it? Maybe they're going to use it on education. Maybe they use it to start a business. Maybe they'll use it for daycare. So, no, I'm always in, in favor of less control. I don't like food stamps to begin with. I think people should just get money if we're going to give them anything right. and make them spend it. But if since they already had food stamps, I don't think we should add an additional control. Plus, what is the government going to uh, you know you know d- d- decide what junk food is? Um, if you don't think that they're being influenced mm-hmm. by you know, yeah, companies brand, by stuff. certain brands. Yeah, yeah like this like, brand's considered healthy. You know, just because they they call it healthy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, if it's if it's this many grams of saturated fat or this many grams of sugar, it's considered, you know, not junk food or it's considered junk food. Or I remember they considered pizza uh, to be uh, you know a vegetable because there's tomato sauce on it. You know, at one point or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like this at all. It's way too much control. Already, we're controlling people just by giving them money and saying you have to buy just food with this. Yeah. When you don't know what people really, really need, you know, everybody's lives are very complex. If we're going to give them anything, give them money. And if, and by the way, that would save us money. It would help us eliminate the bureaucracy that administers all this control money. Oh, just man. give them a check. Here's your money. Spend it how you want. Well, that's and why I always we- leaned on on charity, like uh, in terms of like I, that's how I look at it too. If I'm giving and supporting something, obviously I'm going to do my homework to see if the you know the foundation, the organization is legit and they're not you know just scamming people. But at that point, you know, allow 
you know, allow people to do what they're going to do with it, have the individual freedom rights to, you know, spend it however they they feel fit, you know, for their situation, their upbringing, whatever, uh, you know, like allow people to to be adults and, and to make decisions for themselves. Obviously, you want them to make healthy decisions. This is something that we're passionate about. We try to educate people what those healthy decisions might look like, you know, wherever, whatever you're, you know, you're going through, like, a, you know, what you're trying to do, lose weight or. Or, or gain, you know, muscle mass or whatever. We try to like provide information that you know is is best to kind of get you towards those goals. But at the same time, you're you're an individual. You you have the freedom responsibility of yourself, and and I feel like that that's what really needs to be highlighted, uh, you know, with this kind of stuff. Well, not to mention that, but we also consider this: if you're on food stamps, you're probably in dire straits. Like you're, you're somebody who is like at, at the brink of not surviving. And that's, that's the idea of food stamps is, is government help and support for somebody who can't get by, right? Who mm-hmm. can't, who can, can't even really feed themselves. They don't, they're not making enough money to give them food. And the truth is a lot of junk food goes a lot further than some healthy foods, you know, go buy, go buy a, a good steak or chicken, it, it, you know, buy the pound is expensive. You could buy a, a box of something that'll last in your cupboard forever and is, you know, f- as a tenth, twice as many calories, which that's what they need is calories to live and survive. And you're going to get it. You can get a lot more of it. If it's some freaking, you know, corn, b- corn syrup based garbage, yeah. it, it's going to be a lot cheaper. And so you got to, if the, if the person who is in real need of this, that's getting that support, uh, is trying to survive and live and, and making a choice, uh, or making them force them into only using it for healthier foods, which potentially could be more expensive, is kind of defeating the purpose of it. Now, I'm also in the camp of like Sal, or probably even more hard about. It. I, I don't, I don't like it at all, and I'm somebody who had food stamps, mm. so I'm not pro food stamp. I'm not for food stamps at all. I think that we're we're pretty creative human beings, and when we're when we're forced into those situations, I think that we we find a way to overcome. And my and of course, this is my own bias. I understand that in my experience with my family and the people that I've seen around me in this situation, I saw more manipulate it or use it and didn't need it uh, than the other way around. You know, I didn't, I didn't have as many people in my life that I knew that, oh my God, if they didn't get those food stamps, they might've died. You know, they might not have been able to feed them and their kids and that saved their life. And then it got them on, got them up on their feet and then they got a job and then they got themselves going and then they got off food stamps. I don't have a story to share with you that I have plenty of stories to share on the other of examples of people that have got got it and utilized it because it's something that they can get for free. And that it, it did the opposite of motivating them to get them get out and get a job. They knew they could get these food stamps and they'd be fine. That's what I experienced in, in my life. So I'm not even a fan form period. And if we are going to give them, okay, which we do. I definitely don't agree with trying to regulate it even more. I it's, just, I just think that you're, it's just a bunch of control. It's more and more and more control. I have no problem uh, with people receiving help, and I have no problem uh, giving uh, people help. I think, I think that the you know the test of a good society is how they treat uh, the people um, who need the help the most. I'm a big believer of that. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you look at the whole system, if you look at all the the, the benefits that people can receive. And you calculate them out. It's a, it's actually quite a bit when you add everything up, right? All the different subsidies, and you add in all the different types of help, and uh, in, in food stamps, and all the other things. It actually uh, amounts to a decent chunk of money. But what people don't realize is to admi- administer all of that through the complex bureaucracies that we've created to 
to administer Cost all just the as much, if not more. It, it's, it's a waste of money. Yeah. What if we took all of the money that we spent on that, and instead of paying a bureaucracy, we said, you're all fired. We don't need a bunch of government officials handing this out and telling right, saying people, this is for education, this is for food, yeah, this is for- yeah. Here's your check, spend it however you want, and then we got to be okay with people deciding on how they want to live their lives. Right. Now, what's that going to look like? Yes, I'm sure a lot of people are going to make bad decisions because people make bad decisions. But I also think a lot of people are going to use that money much more efficiently. Yeah. You know, if you're the mom, if you're a, a single mom with two kids or three kids and you have food stamps, and you're like, you know what I really need? I really wish I had this money so I could spend it on some childcare, or I really wish I had this money so I could help myself start a business or pay for some education for myself so I could make more money. But I can't do that because... You know, I have to spend it the way that they say, or I have to use it the way they say. I think that's totally silly. It's just more control. And I tell you what, let's just go down that line and see what that would look like. Could you imagine what the government would start to decide what is considered junk food and what is not considered oh, junk food? Yeah, they, re- they've done a real good with the food pyramid. They I, <laughs> yeah, Terrible. Yeah. Those are the worst people. Yeah, good job. And you don't know from case to case what somebody needs. You know, like Adam said, you know, what might be considered junk food is processed food. Processed food has some value. It's got long shelf life, right? a very, very long shelf. Maybe that's what that person needs more at that moment, and we're going to tell them that they can and can't spend it on whatever. I say this. If we're going to help people eliminate the bureaucracy, that already saves us a ton of money. Give the money to people. We'll figure out whatever that number is. Spend it how you want. God, it's, up you you. Huh? it's up to you. It's up to you. It's your exactly, and see what that looks like. But this, yeah, c- controlling people this way, further controlling them, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it. Anyway, with that, look, go to mindpumpfree.com. You can check out a lot of free guides and resources to help you with your fitness, your fat loss, your muscle building. There's lots and lots of different resources. Go check them out. Again, they're all totally free. You can also watch the podcast. You don't have to just listen to us. You can watch us on video. Uh, go to YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. All of our podcasts are audio and video recorded. And finally, if you want to find us on social media, you can find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Doug, you guessed it, Mind Pump Doug. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.